You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Once again, the Sacramento Kings fell victim to Dame time, but it was an entertaining game. Their loss to the Portland Trailblazers, and now, thankfully, we have reached the All-Star break. No Sacramento Kings will be heading to Atlanta for All-Star, as far as we know, certainly not participating in any of the events, the All-Star game, the dunk contest, the skills challenge, the three-point contest. We know that for sure, so hopefully the players will be taking this time to get their rest recoup, maybe work on a few things, heal a little bit as the injury bug has struck the Kings as of late, and prepare for the second half of the season. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the Kings' loss to the Blazers last night, and I'll be joined by Franklin Cardicelli from Sports 1140 KHDK. He and I will discuss our takeaways from the first half of the season, expectations going into the second half, whether or not Luke Walton will still be the head coach, and whether or not the Kings' roster will look the same by the start of the second half. It's all for you on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is my seventh season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And honestly, truthfully, there is not one part of last night's game that I am upset about. And that's not just because I'm more leaning on the side of a King's loss helps Sacramento in the long run by putting themselves in a better position to get a draft pick. I'm not even focusing on that angle. I'm just talking about specifically this basketball game, Kings versus Blazers. I know CJ McCollum did not play, which is a significant loss for Portland but I'm really not bothered by this loss. I'm not too happy with the fact that the Kings allowed Ennis Cantor to look like one of the best centers in the NBA. Kings have been killed by big men in the first half of this season. Cantor finished with 22 points and 21 rebounds. Not too pleased with that. But overall, this game was entertaining. It was back and forth. It was exciting. We got a fun duel between De'Aaron Fox and Damian Lillard towards the end of the game. But ultimately, Dame time took over. Dame's been there before. He knows how to close games. He did it against the Sacramento Kings. 44 points on 13 of 26 shooting, went 8 of 15 from three-point range, a perfect 10 for 10 from the free throw line, also had seven assists. He took over when he needed to, especially in the fourth quarter. I believe he himself went on a 10-0 run to bring the Blazers back. Sacramento had built themselves a decent lead in the second half. Dame brought him back. And I don't think any of us watching that game were surprised at all to see the Blazers not only come back, but retake the lead and the Kings had to battle back from behind. The final score itself is also a bit misleading, 123-119. to It's only a four-point loss, but this game felt closer, especially when De'Aaron Fox matched Dame time with a nasty step-back three from straight away to bring this game to within one point. Then we got into the foul game. Portland decided to play the game of percentages, fouling De'Aaron Fox, which I thought was the right play. Fox made the first free throw, tried to intentionally miss the second and recreate the magic that the Kings pulled off last season against the Timberwolves where he bounced it off the front of the rim. It came right back to him, and he finished with a layup. This time, though, the ball actually hit the underside of the rim. Officials ended up calling it a dead ball, claiming that it didn't hit the rim. They went back and reviewed it, saw that it clearly did hit the underside of the rim, 
But instead of it being a jump ball, which is what I thought it should be and what Luke Walton thought it should be, I guess they decided there wasn't enough definitive evidence to change the call. I don't know. I didn't quite understand the explanation that the officials gave there. It ended up being Portland's ball, and from that point on, it was going to be extremely difficult for the Kings to find a way to win that game. I was really pleased, though, with the ball movement from Sacramento. 25 assists, only 7 turnovers. Portland turned the ball over only 8 times, but Sacramento scored 19 points on those 8 turnovers. It was good to see the Kings playing fast, getting out in transition, and especially with this being the second night of a back-to-back and the Kings only playing a eight-man rotation the night before, and it was really a seven-man rotation because Daquan Jeffries only played six minutes. I was impressed by the pace and the energy that Sacramento played with in this game, especially with it being a a getaway game before the All-Star break. 32 minutes for Marvin Bagley, 38 minutes for Harrison Barnes, 31 for Rashawn Holmes, 39 for Fox, 37 for Buddy Heald, who once again had a strong shooting performance, 5 of 12 from three-point range, 8 of 17 from the field, put together another solid game, not as good as the first two. He only finished with 21 points, and I say only because he had 29 the night before and 30 against Charlotte. Unfortunately, he did have one of his classic Buddy Heald dribble-off-his-foot turnovers late in the game that proved to be really costly for Sacramento. But I'm not going to allow that to overshadow too much that Buddy Heald has strung together three straight solid offensive games, which is great to see. He played 37 minutes still on that bad ankle. And then you had 27 minutes from Nemanja Bialica, 30 from Corey Joseph, and 7 minutes from Daquan Jeffries off the bench. Again, I really don't have much to complain about from this game. I guess on top of the Ennis Cantor gripe, I could point out that the Kings shooting only 62% from the free throw line, 10 of 16, while the Blazers shot 96%, 24 of 25, is very significant. It's the second time in the last three games, including the Charlotte game, where their opponent's high free throw percentage and ability to get to the line was a major difference in a Kings loss. Plus some classic defensive blunders for the Kings, which we expect. Once again, they allowed 120 plus points. So there are definitely issues for the Kings that are still there, still consistent throughout this season. I'm just saying personally, I'm not too mad at it. And maybe it's because I'm more just relieved that we finally made it to the All-Star break. Because I don't know about you guys, I need a bit of a break from this team. You're going to hear that my friend Franklin Cardicelli here in our conversation in just a second, he feels the same way. And maybe you do too. Let me know at MattGeorgeRadio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Before we get to my conversation with Frankie, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. There's NBA basketball, there's NFL football, college basketball, the NHL, MLS soccer, MLB just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have it all. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag is the official sports gambling partner of the Locked on podcast. Network. I have a listener uh, and a follower on Twitter who keeps sending me screenshots. I believe he is now 10-0 and 0, uh, in the last handful of games for the Kings, betting against Sacramento. He's using his skepticism to make money, always taking the over on total points scored, which is a pretty good bet when the Sacramento Kings are playing their normal defense. And he's always been going against the Kings' point spread. And like I told you, he's won his last 10 bets. So, hey, maybe make some money with your King skepticism on Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. You can head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. Get off the sidelines, get in on the action, make some money on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
It's a pleasure to welcome Franklin Cardicelli back onto the Locked On Kings podcast, a contributor at Sports 1140 KHDK, one of the lead writers on KHDK.com covering your Sacramento Kings amongst a, 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 a collection of other Northern California sports teams. Uh, and, of course, you can hear him along with Chris Watkins on the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie, great to have you back here on the Locked On Kings podcast, my friend, now that we have reached All-Star break for the first time in a long time. And maybe it has to do with the fact that there are no fans allowed and it's just been a, a very irregular NBA season. But this is the first all-star break that I have gotten to where I'm saying, thank goodness it's here. I need a break from the Kings for like four or five days. Matt, thanks for having me back. And yeah, happy all-star break indeed. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was just talking to uh, my lovely girlfriend over here about how I was so excited to just watch spring training baseball today and not have to worry about the, the Kings, because I think we all could use a break right now. I, I put something out kind of similar to that last night saying we all Kings fans, the players, the staff, everyone can kind of just take a step back right now and breathe a little bit. Enjoy uh, some outside weather. It's a beautiful day here in Sacramento and just kind of not think about the Kings for a little bit because it hasn't been too much fun this uh, this first half of the season. But but what's interesting is this has not been the worst season during this drought that we've sat through. There have been a handful of seasons worse than this. The Kings have given us some fun moments, but I think what's so exhausting about this season is the ups and downs and the fact that it's not just people like us who cover the team who are trying to figure the team out. All the fans are trying to figure the team out. The team themselves are trying to figure themselves out. Uh, and it's just been exhausting riding these waves of of the Kings, yes, they lost last night to the Portland Trailblazers. They had a chance to win that game, which would have been three of four after losing nine straight. It, the ups and downs with this team are just crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's very it's if they beat Charlotte in that game and they somehow sneak out last night. I mean, even if they just beat Charlotte, they still win two out of three going into the break, and you feel you feel pretty good going into a back to back against. Uh, you know, kicking Portland last night and then beating the Lakers out who were shorthanded. But you feel pretty good, all things considered. And that's the thing, the whole thing you just said about this is not the worst team over the past 10, 15 years. But it's one of those teams where there's so much give and take, whereas they gave us seven wins in eight games. And on Super Bowl Sunday, we thought the team was maybe going to make it to the playoffs this season. And now, not even three weeks later, maybe just about three weeks later, here we are losing nine of 10 or 10 of 11, or who can even keep track at this point? Really? They're just, the losses are piling up and they're meshing together. And uh, it's just dangerous territory and something that Kings fans are all too familiar, just losses meshing together. And it's just becoming the norm, just losing games. What is your biggest takeaway? If you had to pick one thing, positive or negative, or just very specific to a player, is there one major takeaway from you or for you from this first half of the season now that we're at the all-star break? Yeah, uh, Tyrese Halliburton makes the Kings a lot more watchable and a lot more fun. It, uh, it really has stuck out over the past couple games with, with, with the rookie sitting out that he just brings that certain dynamic of must-watch TV to the Kings. Like You, you, you kind of need him to get through a game as far as keeping things interesting. And uh, it really makes you wonder if the Kings could have won both those games against Charlotte and last night against Portland if, if Tyrese Halliburton is playing because the impact he brings on both sides of the ball Kings fans now know the kind of impact he brings. And uh, it's been really tough without him the last couple of games, especially even early in autumn season when they had that uh, that game in Houston they lost. And they just looked a lot different without him that one game. And it still, still holds true to this day that the Kings need him. And that's my biggest takeaway from the first half. Just very excited for Tyrese Halliburton. I'm very excited about the, the prospect of 
of both he and Fox playing together in the lineup, which is something we could be, you know, could see happen pretty soon. And uh, that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think we both agree that it's it's only a matter of time before Tyrese Halliburton works his way into the starting lineup. But as of right now, being kind of that leader coming off the bench, we see how bad the bench is when he is not playing. He's been out for the last handful of games, and the Kings have almost been forced to go to an eight-man rotation. And really, to call it an eight-man rotation is kind of misleading because Daquan Jeffries is one of those eight men in the last two games. I think he's played six minutes in each game. So it's really seven guys uh, bearing the the brunt of the minutes load. Of course, Hassan Whiteside is also out right now. So that has a bit, big impact on things. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton would have been one of my top takeaways. Just to be different, though, I was also thinking about maybe De'Aaron Fox taking that next step as a star being a major takeaway. Although there are still times where he doesn't turn it on, where I think he should more, or maybe it takes too long to get involved in the game. We didn't see that last night in Portland, but we did see it uh, in the Charlotte game, and we even saw it a little bit uh, in the Laker game, where he, he just isn't full throttle at times. I will say my biggest takeaway is the fact that, knock on wood, Marvin Bagley is capable of staying healthy for long stretches. Like, we've we've finally seen, for the most part, with the exception of a game or two that he missed because of a little nagging injury, Marvin Bagley played in every single game in the first half of this season. And we got to focus on his on-court growth. We got to focus on the fact that he's not great defensively, but he's getting better. We got to focus on the fact that his three-point shot needs work, but it's getting better. It's nice to talk basketball about Marvin Bagley. That's been a huge takeaway for me. Oh yeah. I mean, he's been on the floor. That's the, the biggest positive is he's been on the floor and you can't say that in, in seasons past, he, he didn't even play more than 13 games last season. So uh, like you said, at best, he's knocking down threes. I, I think he's shooting over 35, 36% from the three point line this season, which is incredible. You, you have to, you know, give it to him. His, his shot form even looks very improved. Uh, he's playing over 30 minutes per game. As of late last night, he played about 32 minutes and uh, almost had a double, double, another double, double. And, while his numbers don't jump off the page as far as a per game, like the per game aspect, it's still pretty similar to his career. Well, it's actually, it's identical to his career numbers of 14 points and seven boards a game. Uh, it, it, he's bringing a lot more than just that simple stat line though. He, he's playing better defense. He's playing better offense. He's playing in general. And that's got to be a win for Kings fans and the franchise alike just to have that number two pick in 2018 playing like the player we know he can play. And, and again, when you look at it, how many games he's played over the span of his career, he truly has only played about 90, 95, maybe a little bit under 100 games in his entire career. So uh, just seeing how, how far he's come in this year, it's, it's really uh, encouraging to see that growth. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sidenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable, made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. 
If you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for Locked On listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. After the win, or rather loss, to the Portland Trailblazers last night, Luke Walton was asked about his his job security and how he plans on spending the All-Star break, and he seems pretty confident that he's not going anywhere. He said he's going to meet with uh, Monty McNair sometime today, then he's going to go uh, on a on a three- or four-day vacation with his family, come back, uh, and then have a uh, another meeting with Monte getting ready for the second half of the season. So he's operating like he's still going to be around. There's also uh, a, a report from Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee that says sources with knowledge of the situation told the Sacramento Bee that uh, Luke Walton believes his job is safe for now. Walton also talked about the fact that he feels he has the full support of the front office. So, Frankie, is Luke Walton the head coach of the Sacramento Kings when we come back from All-Star break? And if yes, is Luke Walton the Sacramento Kings head coach by the time we reach the end of the season? I think he's going to stick it out. I think they're going to stick it out and have him finish the season. There's only 35 games left, I believe, in the second half. Uh, the Kings have a history of firing coaches and paying them for year or two years after the, you know, they leave the team. So uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, if upper management is kind of putting the foot down and saying, you know what, we're not going to continue to keep paying these coaches when they're not even on the staff anymore. And I'm, I'm assuming Luke's gotten some kind of reassurance because he does seem very certain I'm just wondering if you know, usually you see in these cases, coaches come out and they say, you know, that's up to them. That's their decision. All I can do is keep coaching the team and, and so on and so on. We're not seeing any of those statements from Luke Walton right now. He seems very unconcerned. And uh, I, I do think he'll be the head coach once we come back on March 11th. As for next season, I'm leaning towards no. I think he'll be gone. Uh, I, just, I just think that Monty McNair wants to come in and, and pick his own head coach. It's kind of similar to the situation where we had Pete D'Alessandro come in with Michael Malone, how that was something the entire time, how uh, Vivek Ranadive hired Michael Malone before we even had a GM in place. And I think it's something we could see happen again, because Monty McNairton is very, very you know, particular with, with his choices. He's very smart as a, as a basketball mind. You see what he did on draft night. He has not had any quick triggers in the trade market. Uh, I would expect him to have a pretty thorough coaching search this offseason if uh, that is the case. I'm glad you brought up the financial situation, though, because with unless people are, are just completely ignoring what's been going on in, in the world and, and the impact that that has had financially on every single organization, not just the Sacramento Kings, but that that is a big deal because a lot of, I know for a fact, a lot of minority owners are sick and tired uh, of paying for coaches that are not actually coaching the team. It's been something that has happened multiple times in the Vivek Ranadive era. The Kings just finished paying Dave Yeager. Before that, they had just finished paying George Carl. The Kings are still paying Vlade Divac right now. Uh, so not that Divac was a coach, but still you get my point. They're tired of paying for people who aren't actually working for them. Uh, and, and that's going to have an impact, I believe, on the decision going forward. And if I'm not mistaken... After this season, Luke Walton still has two more years on his deal. So if Monty McNair does want to bring in his own head coach, maybe the Kings have the financial ability to do that. It seems like they do have the money to since they were able to offer a a super max to uh, De'Aaron Fox. But 
we don't know how much they're willing to spend that money on a head coach and how much they're going to be willing to pay Luke Walton, not to mention Alvin Gentry, who is on the same length of contract uh, as Walton is that they signed him to uh, during the offseason. So the financials are going to play a part into all of this. Frankie, I also want to ask you about this Sacramento Kings roster. Is this roster the same or does it look a little bit different by the start of the second half of the season in your mind? I think it looks, I think it looks pretty different. I, I really think that something significant is going to happen. And, and we've seen the reports from, from uh, Jason Anderson, the SAC B saying that they're working on something significant. I mean, I believe it. Uh, you see the stock in some of these players like Nemanja Bielitsa, he, while he's on an expiring deal and he's almost 33 years old, uh, it, it might be a good idea to move on, move on from him before we lose him for nothing. And, uh, he's playing very well right now off the bench. Uh, he, along with Harrison Barnes, who's having a statistical you know, career year, he's going to net a pretty big return, I think. And it's it's a declining, I think, declining contract. It's $22 million this year. I think it goes to 21, 2019, and so forth. But uh, I think it'll look different. And that's like another thing about the financials. How can the Kings afford to commit more money to another head coach while you're also paying Luke Walton when you have to worry about the contracts of players you already have, like Marvin Bagley, he has one more year on his rookie scale contract. Are you going to give him an extension? Do the Kings move Harrison Barnes and or Buddy and try to bring back a player like I don't know, John Collins or, or Aaron Gordon? They've been rumored. Do you give them an extension? Like, it's just there's a lot of things financially the Kings need to figure out before they make these moves. But uh, I do expect they will want to move on from one of the 20 million plus contracts in Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. So uh, or at the very least, Hassan Whiteside and, and Emmanuel Bielitsa, those, those smaller deals that are on a, are expiring contracts. But I do think the, con- the team's going to look a lot different, and uh, we could see some younger guys like Robert Woodard and, and Jemias Ramsey get some more run down the stretch. I spoke yesterday on the Locked on Kings podcast uh, and voiced a, a little bit of my, not necessarily concern, but maybe frustration that Marvin Bagley wasn't on the floor during the fourth quarter of that win against the Los Angeles Lakers. And I started it off by saying, I understand that coach Walton is, is coaching to try and win every single game. And maybe he recognized in that situation that having Nemanja Bielitsa on the floor uh, gave the Kings a higher chance to win than maybe having Marvin Bagley on the floor. I understand that. However, if I had a request or a desire for anything in the second half, it's, whether it's Monty McNair getting in Walton's ear, whether it's Marvin Bagley getting in Walton's ear, or Walton just trying it out himself at the risk of his own job, which is a tough ask, I would like to see Marvin Bagley getting more of those stretch minutes, more of those crunch time minutes, especially alongside De'Aaron Fox. We've started to see more connections between those two. Really, over the last couple of weeks, it's made me really excited. Good pick-and-roll moments, great two-man game moments. Um, now that they're sharing the court together so much, we're starting to see how that tandem can work together and how good they can be like we hoped for when Marvin Bagley uh, was drafted. I want to see Marvin Bagley on the floor more in the fourth quarter in crunch time of close games, which Kings always seem to find themselves in. That is probably my biggest wish list item for the second half of the season. Do you have a, a major request or wish list item for the second half? Yeah, that's one thing I definitely would love to see more of as well. But alongside that, and this could happen if Buddy Heald's moved, but I would love to see Tyrese Halbert make that move to the starting lineup because I do think that is the long-term goal here to have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halbert and play one and two for this team for years to come. And uh, if, even if Buddy isn't moved, he is a far better player historically off of the bench. He's far more productive off the bench and he can be the leader of that second unit and come in and just create the offense. And that might work in the Kings benefit. It might not, but 
I do know that having Tyrese Halliburton in the starting lineup with De'Aaron Fox, I think it helps the team. And you see he's a part of that closing lineup late. The way he can shoot the basketball speaks for itself. And I just really think it's something the Kings should experiment with down the stretch because playoffs don't seem to be in the cards for them. I know the plan, things could get kind of interesting if they rattle off three or four, five wins, you know, kind of how it did earlier in the season. But the goal has to be developing the young talent and having Bagley on the floor late, putting Tyrese in the starting lineup, giving Robert Woodard some, some playing opportunities here once he gets healthy. Those should be the goals for the Kings going down the stretch. See what you have on your roster. Be able to evaluate this offseason. Just have a clear idea and a clear picture of who you want around and who you're willing to move on from because that's something the Kings didn't have the luxury of doing last year. There was no summer league. Uh, the season was cut short, and they, they played only nine or ten games in the bubble. And uh, they have an opportunity here over 35 games to get a real clear picture of what the future is going to look like. Frankie, we'll wrap up with this. What is more likely in your mind? The Sacramento Kings making the play-in tournament, not making the playoffs, just making the play-in tournament in that ninth or 10th spot, or finishing with top three odds at a number one draft pick, which of course are are, are all equal now with the anti-tanking rules. So finishing with a bottom three record in the NBA or finishing with uh, the play-in tournament. What is more likely based off this team, what we've seen in the first half? It's, it's sad, but I think more likely the play-in tournament because even if the Kings make moves, I don't know if they're going to catch some of those teams down low like like Detroit and, and Minnesota and Cleveland. Like I just think the Kings, even if they move Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald, they still might finish with the typical Kings finish, which is like seventh or eighth or sixth, mm. which is right kind of on the fringe on the outside, which, hey, that worked out for them this year with Tyrese Halliburton and it also worked out with De'Aaron Fox when he got the fifth overall pick. And uh, it it's something that – it's kind of a tricky thing for this season. Like, if, if, if there wasn't the 10th seed possibility, maybe we wouldn't see that team – maybe we wouldn't see this team go for it and, and kind of flirt with that possibility. But uh, unless they make some drastic moves and, and some, some key players miss a lot of time down the stretch, I can't see them finishing with a record first and then worse than four or five or six. I actually agree 100% with you. I, I think it's far more likely that the Kings put together some kind of push for the play-in tournament, which they could still do even after making a move, moving on from Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes, depending upon what they get back, especially if you're trying to match money and use the open roster spot that the Kings have uh, or, or should have you can absorb a, a bad contract, maybe expiring contract of a veteran player that can help you in the short term. Maybe that that happens. So uh, I, I do think it's far more likely that the Kings are in that play-in tournament picture than they are in the bottom three in the West. Regardless of what happens uh, in the uh, in the second half of the season, Frankie, you will be covering the Kings for KHDK.com. You will be also hosting the Return of the Roar, uh, Roar podcast with Chris, and I appreciate you coming back here on Locked on Kings. I'm sure you'll have you on again before the season is over or maybe during the offseason, but I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, uh, thanks for all you do. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, my friend. Big thank you to Franklin Cardicelli for coming back on the Locked on Kings podcast. Of course, check out his work at the Return of the Roar podcast and everything that he does on KHDK.com, all of his great writing and work there. And of course, continue checking out Locked on Kings and other Locked on Podcast Network content. Maybe it'll get you through this week break from Kings basketball.
I'm looking forward to that break, but don't you worry. We're not taking the entire week off here on Locked on Kings. We still will have Locked on Kings content for you. I'm working on great guests around the podcast network. We're really going to start diving into moves that the Kings could potentially make around the trade deadline, and we are hearing more and more rumors of the Boston Celtics being interested in Harrison Barnes. So any information that comes out about that, any rumors, any updates, any potential trades, we, of course, will talk about and cover here on Locked on Kings as the March 25th deadline approaches. Thank you for listening to another week of Locked on Kings content. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review for this podcast, that would be fantastic. Best place to do so is Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars, but only if you think this podcast is deserving of that rating. There's also a box for you to leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast, constructive criticism, why you would encourage others to listen. Please fill that out if you have the time. Have yourself a safe and happy weekend. I look forward to joining you next week. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening. Listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.